This episode is presented by Minnesota's very own Ticket King. For tickets for an upcoming game or concert, visit TicketKingOnline.com or a quick link from the 1500ESPN.com sports calendar page. TicketKingOnline.com, 612-341-4141. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and done. Touch them all, Joe Maurer. And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. It's a beautiful game. Now our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. I didn't know they still had a team. That's baseball. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. What's up, Touch 'em All listeners? Derek Wetmore, Phil Mackey here. Will those be Touch 'em Allers? All of the touch, I don't know. The I don't touchers. Know. No, that not you the know, touchers. Stay away from that. <laughs> Run away from that as fast as you can. Uh, we're doing a bonus episode this week because the off season has begun. I mean, it feels sort of official now, Phil, that uh, Derek Falvey and Thad Levine are taking over the Twins. And I've mentioned this a uh, couple of podcasts now. This is going to be a really pivotal winter for the Twins, and I'm, for one, fascinated to see how things play out. Not only because they need to fight their way out of the American League cellar, but because now we finally have two guys who we don't really know that much about the way they make decisions. No, actually, you know, I, I, this just struck me uh, for the first time. You knew in your head, as a Twins fan or media member, what Terry Ryan was yeah. and wasn't going to do. You're like, here's, right? here's the reach for the stars move, and here's what Terry Ryan might do. 100%, yeah. right? Like, you knew exactly which bargain bin he was going to be hunting in. You knew the five or six free agents that weren't even they weren't even going to have a conversation with the agent in the offseason. Right. right? Don't bother calling Zach Granke's guy. Well, we don't know anymore. I mean, who right. knows? No, I, right, I mean last year. I, yeah. Right, no, yeah, yeah. I, what I'm saying is, with Derek Falvey and Thad Levine, I don't think they're going to make a ton of big free agency splashes because I don't think the timing is right sure. right now. So we might not know for a few years. But it's kind of fun to have this major unknown factor going into the winter meetings and going into the uh, the hot stove season. That's right. And Terry might resent that. I mean, he might say, well, well yeah, but I signed Ricky Nolasco. I signed Irvin Santana. And you maybe even argue Phil Hughes, uh, although that was more of a small money deal and then uh, – mistaken extension or premature extension anyways but the lack of blockbuster trades it wasn't really of like span yeah even yeah. nalasco nalasco was like a huge news locally right this is the most expensive free agent in twins history by a mile before that it was josh willingham three years and 21 million locally that was like on the richter scale i mean that that was a seismic departure from yeah. what they'd done and nationally people were like oh ricky nalasco signed somewhere like, you know, check it off the box. There's one more free agent pitcher gone. It's not mm-hmm. news, really. Um, and so, like, I guess I'm not saying that to denigrate Ryan now that he's out of the chair, but I am I think it's fair to say the Twins, even after moving into target field, were sort of predictable in that they weren't going to ever make the giant splash. They weren't going to make a cannonball splash, right? Right, yeah. So, I... Again, I don't think you're going to see cannonball. Oh, the, the biggest cannonball splash that you could see, and this is for a future episode, is the trade of Brian Dozier. Right. Which, again, that's a, we'll have to do a separate episode on that before the winter meetings. But you posted a piece on 1590ESPN.com. Five pitchers, both external and internal, that could make the Twins great right. again. And we fought about this on the radio show yesterday. This was something that I brought up to you 
Phil Mackey, and your co-host, Judd Zolgad, and more or less got laughed out of the room. And I only had about five minutes to spar with you. Right. I'm glad that it will be <laughs> now more the than gloves five are minutes off. right now. now I, I don't know if you've ever had to tape up your knuckles for bare-knuckle boxing, but here we go. Me all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I actually don't tape them. I prefer to feel it. I'm like, uh, I know you've never seen any movies before, but there's uh, one of the kickboxer movies where they have a fight at the end, and they put two-sided tape on their knuckles. Okay. And they dip it in broken glass, both knuckles. Yeah, that's so gross. So now they're punching each other with broken glass on their fists instead of uh, like a glove. So yeah. it's the opposite of having a glove would be broken glass on right. your knuckles. Yeah, that's going to be us Right, exactly. Yeah, or like holding a roll of pennies. Have you gotten punched with someone holding a roll of pennies in their hands? Oh, yeah. I grew up in the mean streets, the mean suburbs right. of Buffalo, Buffalo, Minnesota. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that well, happened all the time. Yeah, that's not just Buffalo. I mean, uh, I, I think... I think I'm here less to throw punches and more absorb them and kind of like dance around and spar a little bit because – and if you read the column, I mean, Judd, I get I get why you were like making fun of some of these assertions. And we'll get to the five names on this list. They're fun and they're they're funny kind of. And I get why you'd, you'd hear them and you'd be like, what? That list is stupid. Judd, I can't, I can't even give Judd a pass because Judd read the column. You should just give re- us the names right Read now. the premise of the column. Give us the names. And then said, well, you're an idiot and laughed me out of the room. The five names on the list of guys who would help the Twins fix their disastrous, problematic pitching. Rich Hill, Trevor May, Jeremy Hellickson, Yvonne Nova, Chris Sale. Okay. So three free agents, an internal guy, and, and a, a bomb. And a, and, a, and a blockbuster trade candidate. Yeah, blockbuster of a trade suggestion. Okay. Let me say Or demand, really. More more of a more of a demand than a suggestion. So Ivan Nova and Jeremy Hellickson are sort of classic twins free agent targets, I think, in the target field era. Where you go to that second or third tier. Maybe uh, someone coming off a rough year. Like if I remember right, Ivan Nova was pretty rough this year. He did actually, you know what? He did get traded to the National League, and he was yeah. good in the National. He League. He was bad in New York, and then he went and had the Pittsburgh Pirates special sauce, whatever that is, and basically more or less dominated for eleven starts. Yeah, so he was he was good in the National League, but we've sort of seen the National League success, sure, mild yeah. success in National League, like and Ricky Nolasco at the end there. Don't forget about the Pittsburgh success too. Would you still trust that he'd be great outside of the confines of? Of Pittsburgh. So I think, and you have to look at this as, do you want to get incrementally better next year? Is is a signing going to prevent you from some kind of long-term growth? If you bring in Hellickson or Ivan Nova, okay, you're filling gaps, and maybe those guys pitch pretty well, but they're not going to move the needle and give you a top-five American League rotation. I agree on Trevor May. I think he deserves another shot to be in the starting rotation. If his back is healthy, and if he's pitching like he did a couple years ago, even in the starting role, I thought he showed a lot of promise. He gets strikeouts. Um, he throws multiple pitches. There's something there, and he's never been given a full chance to start for a full season. So I'm curious about that one. Rich Hill is going to be 37 years old. And while the premise of your story is right, yes, he would help make the Twins pitching really good again. Maybe not great again, but really good again. <laughs> if you're Rich Hill, unless the Twins give you like $5 million more per year than any other team, you only have a couple years left and maybe a couple cracks at a World Series. Go back to the Dodgers or go yeah. go sign hell, go back to the Cubs yeah, sign with Chicago. Go somewhere where you can win a World Series and also make millions of dollars. Uh, I'll stop short of the fifth one because 
I'll let you react to the first four, and then okay. I have a point about Chris Sale. Okay, well, let's just go in order. And to anyone listening that is still, you know, gut-splitting laughter at those five names, uh, I, I want to set up two things that weren't really fairly set up. If, if you read the column, great. You already know where I'm going with this, but 1500ESPN.com, I wrote this five thoughts column. Uh, sent it out to my email list as well as I always do. The premise is basically, okay, you got to figure out where you are if you're the twins. And you got to figure out where you want to be. And you got to acknowledge that this is an ugly year for free agent starting pitchers. That if you are going in with the strategy of, well, we're just going to buy our way out of this pitching problem. Well, this is not the year to do it. That's a big problem because the names that I listed, the free agents, Rich Hill, Jeremy Hellickson, Ivan Nova, there are others that are out there, but I don't know if you want me to keep going. I mean, Anderson guys, Alvarez. Yeah, those guys are all, you start at $10 million too, that's oh, the problem. Yeah. So you're Ken Rosenthal reported that Nova, who is like, I mean, he's third on my list here. I mean, I put Hellickson above him, depending on what you think of Nova going forward, and certainly I'd put Rich Hill above him for the next two seasons, even though he's going to be 37 in March. Rosenthal reported that he might get five years and $75 million. Man. Now, by the time Man, someone's listening so to this podcast, maybe this is already done and that deal. But, like, that's the reported money. Man. That's crazy. Man. But it's not that crazy. So, that's what pitchers are getting paid now. Great segue, then, with these dollar values to your, the fifth guy on your list here. So there's no chance the Twins pull off a trade for a Chris Sale. But I do think Chris Sale could be up. All the rumors last year, the Dodgers were in the mix on Chris Sale until the end. I think there were two other teams in the mix at the trade deadline for Chris Sale. He has three years left on his contract at twelve, twelve and a half, and thirteen and a half million dollars. Ivan Nova money. Yes, it, it's he's the thirty ninth highest paid starting pitcher in the major leagues right now. He's Incredible. like a mid. He makes less money than Ricky Nolasco and Phil Hughes and Irvin Santana, and I could name about eighteen other pitchers who you would be shocked make twelve to fifteen million dollars a year. So the White Sox have already kind of considered trading him. Um, they're they're in that no man's land of not really good enough to contend, but he's their best asset to maybe rebuild for the future. They would never trade within the in the division if they had two or three other viable trade options. But he's the most valuable commodity I think in baseball at age twenty seven, middle of his prime, going to win a Cy Young award at some point here in the next couple of years. If you're the Twins, you'd have to be willing to give up. I think, anyways, this is just my my thought. Byron Buxton and Jose Barrios, and then another key piece or two from your minor league system. For a guy who might not even be on your team when you really start to contend, if you think it's a three- or four-year... Now, he'll help you in the short term, obviously, but I think the irony is if you pull off a trade like that, don't you just switch spots with the Chicago White Sox? Hey guys, this is Justin Musil, pro baseball scout. And Phil Mackey, pro radio guy. And we have the best baseball storytelling podcast on the market. That's right. It's not us telling the stories. It's Aaron no. Boone on coming from a baseball family and hitting one of the most famous home runs in the country. Jim Brower telling Barry Bond stories. Find Hardball Society on iTunes, Podcast One, 1500ESPN.com, or HardballSociety.com. That's a lot of places. Yeah. Don't you just become... The team that's kind of scraping to get to 80 wins and 
Um, like you got a really good A starting pitcher, but for the most part, the rest of your team isn't ready and they yeah. won't be for two or three years. Well, and I played classic um, Twitter fan on this one. Matthew and I did a quick uh, YouTube. Matthew Collar, our Vikings writer at 1500 ESPN, we did a quick YouTube thing on our YouTube channel, 1500 ESPN Twin Cities, and he asked me that same thing. He said, like, man, that's a hot take that you want Chris Sale and – does he really take you from you know sixty wins to eighty six wins? I said no, no, basically. And I and I threw this out there. I said this is as much as anything to start a conversation to be like a uh, a way to introduce a topic. Two topics. One is that you can't get tunnel vision when trying to improve this. If your belief is that you go out and throw money at the free agent market to fix your pitching, you're going to be disappointed. You're gonna have a bad time. I think, though, the other important part of this conversation is like you have to figure out timelines of competitiveness. You have to figure out when you think is reasonably uh, a reasonable expectation to compete. Now, I said in that video, and this is why it's a total non-starter, and I'm guessing that if you're the White Sox, you probably just walk away from the Twins at this point. I'd say, I won't trade Byron Buxton. I won't trade Miguel Sano. Anybody else, who do you want? I don't know. Maybe if they wanted to start, they said Max Kepler and Barreos. Oh, that's kind of an interesting package. If you're Chicago, you can probably do a little bit better than that. And I, I hate playing the like fake prospects trade game because like we could just go all day. We could just make up prospects and we could kill an hour of radio and it'd be some compelling stuff and most people would get bored and it's all irrelevant because the White Sox aren't trading Chris Sale to the Twins. But the point... Sorry we've just wasted the last five minutes <laughs> no, yeah. of your time, by I way. hope that you fast-forwarded through this <laughs> podcast. But the, the... This is criminal what we're doing right no, now. No, but the interesting part about the conversation to me and why it's I'm, I'm not just being a hot sports take artist and I'm not being disingenuous is because it introduces all these things. It introduces the window. It introduces the fact that pitching needs to get fixed at basically all costs. And it introduces the idea that the Twins probably fairly value... And I think you're going to see this under these two new guys at the front of the baseball operations department value their good young position players as well they should. Okay, so you just said something really, really compelling here. For, actually, for the first time in Touch Them All. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. Hey, Mom, Track did you hear that? This right now. <laughs> so you said pitching needs to get fixed at all costs. In general, would you say that you feel pretty good about the Twins' young position player crop? Kepler, Polanco, Sano, Buxton, Rosario. I mean, I got questions. Nick, Nick Gordon's coming up. Probably, I've got questions on all of those guys. But as an overall vibe of how you feel about that yeah. wave of twenty-two to twenty-four year olds coming up, yeah, the Twins are in a pretty good spot. And on the flip side, you feel pretty doom and gloom about most of their young pitching right now, just based on their la- all these guys who've come up for ten years have failed. Um, we'll see if there's an immediate difference in pitching results That'll with be the new front office. So that's all setting up this question, which is, would you switch spots right now? Like, would you, wouldn't you always rather have highly touted ace young arms ready to come up and even breaking through and yeah. bubbling through right now with a lineup that can barely crack 550 runs? Because I think that's a lot easier to fix. You can always go find, like, it's a lot easier to go find the 34-year-old Coco Crisp and the, you know, like the Cubs did this a couple of years ago the 35-year-old David DeJesus and just grind out 650 runs somehow and win games 3-2. to two. If you're constantly giving up five, six runs a game, you can't win. Yeah. But you can win the other way around. In baseball, I think you can win the other way around. I agree, but there's a limitation. Like, here's an example. 
theoretically, yeah, 100%, I would rather be on that side because it's hard to fake pitching, as the Twins found out in 2016. It's just hard to fake pitching. You know, there's only so many games you can win with some of the talent that they were trotting out in 2016. It's, it's like offensive line in football. I mean, the Vikings tried to do that with their offensive tried line. Tried to fake it. Let's go get sort of second and third rate guys coming off injuries, guys who bounced around, but they've started before, and we're going to hope that a few of them can band together and uh, and offer a collectively strong unit. Well, that's off, awfully wishful thinking. Yeah, well, and so here's the counter example because – Theoretically, what you're saying makes perfect sense to me, and pitching is so much more valuable. And yeah, I'd love to have that because then if it doesn't go well and I need to shop guys, I can get an awful lot more for a young, cost controlled number two or number three starter than I could for a power hitting second baseman. You know, it's just the economics of baseball right now. But the counter example would be the Tampa Bay Rays from maybe five years ago, right? They have all these prospects coming up. It's the Matt Moore, Jeremy Hellickson, Chris Archer. This sort of crop, and it seemed like you know this endless crop of well, you can trade your ace, you can trade James Shields because you've got three more guys in AAA that you think can fill out the rotation next year, and you're gonna feel good about. It didn't exactly work out for those Rays. I get it, payroll constraints, and there's all these problems, and luck plays into it, all of this stuff. But just having young pitching isn't a, is not a silver bullet. Well, obviously. I would say I'd have to go back and look at those teams. I think for the Rays, the definition of working out means winning ninety games for a few years with that payroll and those Fair. resources. So, all right, let me phrase the question this way: I'm going to put some actual names on the table right now. Mm. I'm going to I'm going to line up the Twins' young but unproven high ceiling position players. There's another hot take, by the way, Chris Archer. Go get him, I'm just saying. Weren't they floating him last year, too? They're always floating their starting pitchers. Continue. So, if I gave you... You have to trade all of them for all of them, or none of them for none of them. Uh, Byron Buxton, Max Kepler, and Miguel Sano, let's say. Buxton, Kepler, Sano. Okay. All right. Four. Fairly promising young bats. Yep. Four. Let's say Jose DeLeon. Pick the three best pitchers under the age of 23. Um... Uh, who was the guy that came up? The other uh, Luke Weaver, like uh, for the Cardinals last year. Just I'll just pick the equivalent three guys on the pitching side. So l- let's say it's Luis Severino, who kind of struggled last year for the Yankees, but pitchers of that caliber. Okay. Would you? So you have to trade all three of those Twins position players for all three of these stud twenty-one, twenty-two-year-old pitchers that we could name. I think we're going to disagree on this, or none of them. I like this. I'm trading all three of those position players for all three of those stud pitchers. Give me your position players. Here's why. Miguel Sano, let's say, I mean, let's just assign a number to it, and sorry if this is getting too deep dive stats nerdy. Uh, Let's say Miguel Sano's bat and some combination of him playing third or first base is a a six-and-a-half win player next year. And, like, that's the floor. And let's say Byron Buxton could develop, and I'll again, I'll just put a number on it. Let's say he's a five-win player, which he's he might be better than that if September is any indication. Sure. But let's just be conservative and say his elite-level defense and his starting to figure it out at the plate is worth five wins. And Kepler's maybe a four, four and a half, five-win player, whatever. Just to just to put numbers on, just to have it. You're pretty sure. I mean, I guess outside of Sano, who you have a little bit of question about injuries now going forward, and if he if he does take off the weight this winter in New York, as he's told a few of us that he plans to do, well, okay, then he's probably better in in a better position to stay healthy throughout the f- full season. That's the rub to me. I think the position players 
are a much higher floor of a gamble because, all right, possible that a position player gets hurt, but much less likely. Stud pitchers, while they might be worth, let's say, you know, Weaver's worth seven wins next year, or let's say he has to get Tommy John in spring sure. training and he's worth zero wins. Sure. No, I, I, I hear That's you. the risk to me. I hear you on the risk. I hear you on the floor being higher. Uh, maybe ceiling also longevity, higher. all these things. Fair point. But my my end punctuation to this is always: you cannot win with bad pitching. Mm-hmm. You can you can win with really good pitching, and then all right, well our lineup can't score that much, but let's let's double down on the good pitching with a great outfield defense and with a fast set of position players that can manufacture some runs in some form. I'm not saying either of these combos wins a World Series, mind sure. you. Also. If you're looking to just plug holes, all right, well, if we have all these great position players, now we got to go, let's say, in theory, plug a starting rotation in free agency or off the scrap heap. Well, you're going to pay like yeah, $10, $15 million yeah. for guys like Mike Pelfrey yeah. and uh, some of these other mediocre pitchers we've been throwing around throughout uh, the history of the show. You can get your Mike Napolis. You can get your, I, I already named guys like David DeJesus from a couple years ago. Maybe they're not going to be superstars, but you can find them, and they can be productive for you, and they can score some runs, get on base to some degree. Maybe you, uh, Coco Crisp is your left fielder, and now you have a good defensive left fielder. Or like the next guy, like Rajai Davis. You can find those guys for far less than $15 million a year to patchwork and make it happen. So, again, this was an entire episode of hypothetical theories that yeah. might never actually come to fruition. Yeah, we're going to put together like a four-team <laughs> trade wherein the Twins get three pitchers and just sort of like, Right, disband their uh, young position core. I think the Twins are in an okay spot with some of those young guys. I, I don't think it's going to happen right away when you talk about competitiveness, but we're in agreement at least on this much, that nothing will change, uh, that, that the Twins will not be great again until they can pitch again. Call it Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait. What rewards? A dual operator skin. Man, I love operator skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. residents 17 plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23.